Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 821. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, email me at rabbiyismach at take10fortorah.org. So in the coming days, we have the very well-known fast of the 10th of Teves. But what might be lesser known is that on the day of the 8th and the 9th of Teves, there are technically fasts as well. These fasts are brought down in uh, Mesechus Tainus, the original origin we have of many fasts. It's brought in Shulchan Aruch and Tafkuf Pei, amongst a list of many other fasts that you've probably never heard of, alongside some that you have. It says that Beches Beteves Nichtava HaTorah Yivanus. On the 8th of Teves, the Torah was written into Greek. Bimei Talmai HaMelech in the days of Ptolemy, Vahayachoshech Ba'olam Gimel Yamim. And there was Choshech, darkness, for three days. Then there's another fast on Tisha Bo, on the ninth day of Teves. That one, the Shulchan Aruch is not sure what that is. Lo noda ezuhi hatsara she'ira bo. We know that there's a fast, we don't know what it is. Perhaps we're going to talk about that week. And then finally, of course, there's Yud Teves, Asar Teves, which is associated with the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, specifically with the event of the uh, surrounding of the city of Yerushalayim. And so, what is the nature of this day? So, this is not completely forgotten, even in our Asar Teves rituals. On the Slichas of Asar Teves, we have one particular paragraph that begins, and refers as well, The Greek king compelled me on the eighth day to translate the Holy Law into Greek. So what we have, it seems, is that Sarbateves is not just one day, but it's also the culmination of these other days. So I want to talk about at least Chesbateves, the story of the eighth day of Teves, and what exactly happened on this day. We find in Masech HaSofrim, There was a story with five Zakenim who wrote for Talmai HaMelech. Talmai was about 300 BC in Egypt. Talmai Philadelphus, I believe, and so this Ptolemy asked them to translate the Torah. So this first time, this day was as difficult for the Jewish people as the day on which the Egel was brought, the Egel, the golden calf, which is really bad. It's a really bad comparison. So it seems that something was uh, something went very wrong. Because the Torah was not able to be translated to the necessary degree. Okay, so so it's not clear what exactly happened. We really have very little on what exactly happened on that day. What was the problem? But perhaps we can understand it from the continuation of the story. This story is found, again, in Mesecha Sofram, and also Mesecha's Megillah, that Shuv He gathered 72 Zakanim, 72 Jewish elders together. And he put them into 72 different rooms. Did not tell them why he gathered them together. They were probably unaware of each other as well. And then he goes into each room and tells them, Do me a favor, translate into Greek your Torah. God puts the same ideas into all of their minds, and all of them concur in their translation. And so each one wrote a translated Torah, and there are 13 items that each one independently, miraculously changed. And here, the Mesech HaSofrim reports 13 changes. The Gemara in Megillah, I believe, uh, reports 15 different changes. Before we get to those changes, just uh, it could be that here is the indication of what went wrong the first time. Because if the first time he gathered five people together, 
and I don't know, it didn't translate well, and now Talmai thinks that the solution is to put them in separate rooms, I, I, don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm literally making this up. Perhaps the fact was he thought that they were conspiring, and his whole goal was to make sure that there would be no conspiracy in the retranslation, and thankfully there was some sort of conspiracy in the retranslation, or in the translation, because uh, th- this one ended up okay. Not only that, but the Gemara learns from here that it seems to be okay to translate the Torah into Greek, whereas one star Masech HaSofram seems to say it's the worst thing in the world, the Gemara actually finds justification, halachic justification, from the Pasuk, as the idea that there's a Pasuk that implies that we're going to bring a little bit of the wisdom of Greek into the Ohole Shem, the tense of shame. So, so uh, these two versions of the story, again, our Gemara only bringing the good version, the positive version, uh, the, w- without the negative version, it, it seems to be a little bit at odds, a little in conflict, and I'm not exactly sure what to make out of it, but there are two versions of the story, and there's a long list over here of these changes. So remember, of course, this is the Septuagint. The Septuagint is the original translation uh, of the 70. Septuagint comes from a Latin uh, versio, Septuaginta interpretum, which means the translation of the 70 interpreters. That's what we're referring to. And there's a long history of this translation and what it was used for, how it was used by the Jews, whether it was used by the Jews, whether it was used by the early Christians. It was a very significant thing. Now, it seems it wasn't exactly 70. uh, It was 72, as our story has it. And again, this happened in the third century, and uh, and this uh, this uh, this is a real story. And this is clearly not something that we remember to be positive, because, like I said, this is a fast day. Ches Teves is a fast day because of the translation of Greek, even though in the second version of the story, or at least in the second set of events, it ended up positive because, indeed, God's hand was involved in having all these rabbis translate the same things the same way. So, hopefully we'll get to all those translations and what was changed. Many of them, to summarize, had to do with certain lines in the Torah that implied, perhaps, a, a sort of partnership up above uh, the idea of Shutfis, or there being Shteirishuyos, when it says Bereshus Elokim, it sounded like there's a guy named Bereshus who created God, but that of course is not the case, it's Elokim when God started creating, so they turned Bereshus Elokim to Elokim Bereshus, instead of Nasa Adam Betzalem, Betzalmenu Ukid Musenu, instead of let's create man as the Pasuk with great difficulty, actually, says, Nasa Adam B'tzalmenu u'kidmu seinu, God says, let us create man, there's no us, they say, Esa Adam B'tzalem uvidmus, and also there in that word, udmuseinu, there is no uh, image that we have, but rather instead, udmus, with an image, and so all of, many of these are there to perhaps correct what might be a misconception that somebody might draw from reading these words, but there are other changes as well. Some changes that make us uh, look a little bit better uh, in our worship of Hashem, some uh, some which just might be confusing in regard to some sukkim you'll read here and then sukkim you'll read later, uh, some sukkim just about the dignity of Avraham and Sarah, the dignity of Moshe. It's a very interesting list. It's a, it's, a, it's a worthwhile study just to go through the 13 or 15 changes that they made. What is the What's the idea behind them? And if you made these 13 and 15, and there are four different themes behind why you made these changes, so I would imagine that there are many more changes that would happen throughout the five books that they would have to make. Maybe these are just uh, 13 types of changes, which makes it even more miraculous that 72 people were able to come to the precisely identical conclusions. Now, in trying to describe why this may have been a bad day, so it could just be because Ptolemy reacted terribly. But I think more significantly, the idea of translating Torah is not a positive one. 
Okay, here's what I mean. There's a Midrash in Shmos Rabbah, which talks about a Pasuk in Hoshea. Echtov lo rubei Torasi k'mozar nechshavu. I'll write the Torah, I'll write the, the, the many laws of the Torah, and it'll be considered k'mozar, it'll be considered changed, it'll be strange and different. So how so? So the Midrash in Shmos Rabbah says, so after God teaches the oral Torah to Moshe, he says, teach it to the Jews. Why can't I write this down? There's so much oral Torah, ways to understand the written word. Why can't I write it? I don't want to give them all of this in writing. Why? So there are a lot of reasons why the oral Torah is not written, and we've discussed this in the past. So he says, here's the reason, at least in this Medrash's report. Because the non-Jews, the Gentiles, will rule over the Jews eventually. And they will take the Torah from them. And it'll be disgraced amongst the Gentiles, amongst the non-Jews. I'm giving you the written Torah. I'm giving to you all of the oral Torah. I'll give it to you orally. You will always own a part of the Torah, the interpretive part of the Torah, and nobody will ever take it from you. It'll never, as the Pasuk says, the Torah will never be able to be made uh, strange. It'll never be able to be hijacked so to speak. Now this obviously is a fascinating historical tidbit because this is exactly what happened. The Old Testament became an Old Testament because there was a New Testament written on top of it, which of course to our interpretation of the Old Testament, of our only testament of the Torah, becomes impossible. So translation allows for the understanding of, and even any translation involves an oral interpretation. So the idea that there was an oral interpretation which was written down via translation, that could and did create incredible problems for the Jewish people throughout history. So that perhaps might be the darkness. It turned a written Torah into something which is culture, and just, you know, this is what the Jews believe without really understanding the essence of it. And that perhaps is the darkness, why this fast day was created. So there's always been controversy about translating Torah. There was even controversy with things like, you know, the art school Gemara, translating and bringing oral Torah to make it accessible to the world, and therefore perhaps losing its very unique Jewish identity. Hopefully we'll be able to get back to the exact translations and what they did to alter the meaning in the future. But for the meantime, have a great day.